Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second episode with Pauline Wynn for Future Hacker. I'm Maria Taigi. And we have a lot to discuss still. Hi, Pauline. Thanks for sticking here with us. Hello again. <laughs> so, Pauline, let's talk about... So, you just, you know, you have this best-selling book called The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur. So, my very first question to you is, what is a spiritual entrepreneur? Oh, goody. The book is called The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur, The Seven Secrets to Becoming Fearless, Stress-Free, and Unshakable in Business and in Life. It won Best Entrepreneurship and Small Business Book Award. First of all, I have to clear up any confusion, Maria, that spirituality has anything to do with religion. The spirituality I teach is not connected with religion. I believe that spirituality does not need religion. It is religion that needs spirituality. The spirituality I teach is also not about tarot card reading, Reiki or palm reading or any of those more woo elements. The spirituality I teach is about science and spirituality for business and for life. I just need to clear that up. The spirituality I teach is uh, spiritual entrepreneurship, which really is the new frontier in the science of achievement. The spirituality I teach, as you know, is not about how many more gadgets or how much more armor we can put on. It's about how much more can you take off? How much more you can take off so you can stand in your nakedness, so you can stand in your truth, so that you can stand in your power, your true power, your authentic power, your authenticity. To be in spirit means to be inspired in spirit and inspired to do your best work, to perform all your tasks and live your life from a state of inspiration and from a state of having a higher mind. And so the question we ask ourselves every day is what do I need to do to feel the way I want to feel? Because the spirituality I teach doesn't come from religion. It comes from your soul. It's about self-realization. It's about self-determination, self-actualization, and ultimately self-transcendence. Spirituality is about mastering ourselves, mastering our thoughts, our behaviors, our emotions, because we understand that we ultimately really only have control over four things in our lives. The thoughts we think, the things we visualize, the people we associate with, the actions we take, And so the spirituality I teach is about snatching your power back rather than abdicating it, giving it away. You know, how, how can we empower ourselves with new ways of thinking, new reasons to think very differently? Because when we have that deeper understanding of ourselves, when we know ourselves so completely and know what part we play in this world, that's when we can remain unshakable. You know, everyone's trying to hack us. Social media is trying to hack us. The government's trying to hack us. How can we stand in our power so we can't be easily hacked so that we remain unshakable, you know, because that's when we bring true harmony into our home, our life and our business, when we can remain unshakable because we have this internal unwavering sense of internal certainty, you know, and so the spiritual entrepreneurship is, is not about doing. It's not about what more can we do. 
we are human beings we're not human doing and we're certainly not human done and so spiritual entrepreneurship is a new way of being the spiritual entrepreneur is about getting really really good at life and so they dedicate their life to mastery to their mind not only mindset but then their body and their heart and then their spirit and their soul you know it's about accessing the breath it's about centering it's about remaining unwavering and so what why why so that we can show up so that we can show up in the face of adversity so that we can show up with any challenge with dignity grace and poise if we remain fearless stress free and unshakable and so we become the alchemists of our lives we understand the chemistry the alchemical and we become the alchemist the master of our lives this is what it means to become a spiritual entrepreneur and so we understand that it's not about this pursuit of happiness it becomes about finding happiness in It's lovely, lovely. Thank you, Pauline. You also say that mastering influence is the key to succeeding in life. So, what's I'm I'm curious. What's your understanding of influencing others? I believe that I mean we're we're all leaders here, right? We are all leaders here on this call, on your podcast, in life. We're all leaders. Self leadership must come first. The game of business mastery and the game of life mastery is ultimately all about the game of mastering influence, is it not? And the first person we must have major influence over is ourselves. Self mastery is key, and so we have to do the inner work. We have to work hard to not only build our external empire, but in order to do that, we have to build our internal empire first, our internal kingdom to fortify our inner core. Because ultimately, when the shit hits the fan, and the shit constantly hits the fan, right? Not only are we as leaders, not only are we responsible, but we have to be responsible. How responsible are you? And this is where the self-mastery, the self-influence comes first because it's our job as a leader. We're all leaders here. It's our job as a leader to have self-mastery so that we can remain calm and cool under pressure so that we don't freak out and complain about these perceived problems that come our way it's our responsibility to extract as much positive value and to make as many positive empowering meanings from any challenge that comes our way right And so the work is to consistently rewire the emotional architecture And so it's the internal ecology that really matters the most. This is what I mean by self-influence first. We have to influence ourselves first to keep strong the gatekeepers of our minds and our hearts. It's only then when we have mastered our internal ecology that it starts to project, that it starts to reflect on our external kingdom. And then when it starts to project on the external kingdom, that's when we can start to influence others. And as the leader, this is so important, as the leader, we're always being watched. We're always being watched. And your people will always follow the most composed, the most confident, the most calm leader, not the one who is stressed out or panicked, but the one who stands in their power with dignity, grace, and poise. And so it becomes about self-mastery first, and then mastering influence over others 
that is now when we start to learn that it is a skill set the skill set and they say you know charisma you're either born with it or you're not i disagree i disagree i believe that charisma is a skill set and so in order to influence others we have to influence ourselves first because now we're talking about our electromagnetic signature our torus field what frequency are we emitting and that then makes us either repellent or attractive repellent or magnetic and then it's only then we start to learn the skill set on how to influence others through tonality through breath work through breath strategy through script and all that is a skill that comes later It's becoming even more important when discussing business relationships, right? Because back then we had hierarchy, right? So you didn't need to be a leader, like a true leader to be the boss. And what what we are seeing and we've been discussing here uh Future Hacker is that this hierarchical model is changing. Nowadays it's more horizontal, but the future looks more collaborative. So it's not your title that is going to give you the power to influence as it happened in the past. It's going to be yourself and how you present and how you talk and how you relate. So what you're telling us is, in my view, it's going to be even more relevant in the future and the way that you're going to do business in the next decades, right? Yes. Because you know, it doesn't matter really anymore what role people play. You can have a CEO who is much less respected than someone else who is in the team because they have influence. A title doesn't necessarily equate to influence and um I coach and and mentor a whole lot of corporates and a whole lot of entrepreneurs and when I go into the organizations what I see a lot of is a whole lot of managing there's not a whole lot of leadership <laughs> two very very different things are you a manager or are you a leader there is a big big difference and it ultimately ultimately must first be about self leadership okay so i'd like to move uh, to a different topic which is something that I've been very concerned and I'm trying to cover uh, more frequently, which is mental health. So mental health has become a critical concern in most nations. The number of people suffering from all sorts of conditions is increasing, right? The lack of support to address it, being from governments or schools or, or whichever uh, group the person is inserted in is reflected in some very scary numbers like high suicide rates among the youth, high depression rates, and so on. I can't avoid thinking about it when you talk about self-mastery, right? So how do you think we could expand not only our self-mastery, our self-knowledge and increase empathy towards others if i could start by giving my distinction on empathy and compassion i don't do empathy i do a whole lot of compassion empathy says i have to put myself in the other person's shoes in order to feel what they feel i am of no use to anyone as a coach as a leader as a mother as a mentor if i'm putting myself in their shoes compassion says i see you i understand it 
but I'm going to hold my ground. I'm going to stand in my power now. And I understand it, but I love you so much that I will stand in my power so that you come up to meet me, not so that I come down there to meet you. That's my distinction on empathy and compassion. Compassion says, I understand that your journey is your journey, but you decide first where you want to go. I'm here waiting for you when you need me. There's a difference. And so I don't give my power away either because I'll be of no use to anyone. I believe, Maria, that today there's a different kind of suffering that's been misdiagnosed as psychological suffering. So many are suffering, but it's not psychological suffering, it's spiritual suffering. It's a suffering of the soul. And I believe that a huge spiritual crisis is happening at the moment. The better we know ourselves, the less we are going to fear change in this world. The better we know ourselves, the less we will fear others. The better we know ourselves, the less we will fear ourselves. So first and foremost, learning how you do you is so very, very important. And this is where grace consciousness comes in. Energy consciousness comes in. And this is where self-compassion comes in. Oh, is that how I've always done myself? Oh, is that why these things have always happened to me? Oh, is that how I see the world? Okay, what? You mean I have options on how to see and do and think differently? And it's only then when we get to understand that we have options on how we can do ourselves differently. Why? Because we've made the decision that we want a different viewpoint, we want a different outlook on life. Two, we've now given permission for coaches and mentors and teachers and peer groups to come in. Three, we have the courage now to do things differently and possibly outgrow other people and leave them behind. And then we have now the persistency to continually, continually do the work. And on the other side is fulfillment. And so understanding also that when it comes to mental health, in my experience, as a coach, a leader, a mentor, a teacher, talk therapy alone doesn't work. Talk therapy alone doesn't work. We're now only talking about semantics. The work that I do combines the semantic as well as the somatic of the body. You have to also access the body. Remember, we're talking about not only mindset, but heart set, health set, spirit set. And so you can't just be doing the talk therapy. How now are you doing the somatic? Are you doing the heart work? Are you doing the breath work? Are you doing the health work physically, moving, going out into nature's medicine? Do you have someone who can speak to your soul, who can work on your spirit? What are you doing to make your heart sing? Because when your heart sings, you are already fast tracking your healing and your evolution. And so one of the biggest challenges I see in business and in life is definitely association. So Maria, when you talk about support, it's the challenge that we face association we become our associations and our associations become us we become our conversations our conversations become us we become our environment our environment becomes us we have to choose them well and so the questions to ask ourselves is are we doing holistically the mind the heart the health as well as the spirit are we working on not only the semantics, but also the somatic and the somatic? 
Are we asking ourselves the questions, man, what's the cost of my current associations? Are we constantly assisting, dealing with managing the hygiene of our associations? Have we done an audit to the people who are around in our field? What's the cost of this lack of power? How have we, how have we given our power away? Who are the people that we run with? What's the cost of me remaining in this place if I truly want to be free? So these are so many different questions to ask ourselves, right? Thank you, Pauline. I have a last question for you. It's about this experience you had when you were really young of surviving this refugee camp. And I had to ask you that. I've been covering this topic. I did cover it once in another episode with Matthew Barrett, in which we learned that 1% of the world's population is currently displaced. And this number will keep growing. Of those 40% were children, they are children, which was your case, right? It's such an important topic and will probably be the major global crisis of the future. It's a matter of preparing our current young generation for topics like inclusion, diversity, and acceptance of different cultures. So future politics would have to face and embrace this issue way better than what we're doing today. So we're not living a good situation. It's really hard to find good examples around the world. So I'd love to know your opinion on that, given what you've been through. So when you talk about the younger generation, Maria, in my experience, I believe that it is the younger generation who are more inclusive, more current, uh, more open to diversity than the old generation. Let's give our younger generation some credit, first and foremost. <laughs> In my experience, it is the older generations that find it very hard to budge. It is the older generation who are in charge of policy and politics. <laughs> so I, I believe that it is the other way around. It is being open for the younger generation to influence the older generation. So I'm ex-gen, I'm 48 this year. I employ, engage with, collaborate with, and I make sure that not only are there X-Gen, but there are Y-Gens. I love listening to their different voices. I love listening to their different opinions and worldviews. And so my group of advisors who assist me with the work that I do are X-Gen and Y-Gen. They are my day-to-day -day voices who I listen to. My coaches and my mentors, my executive coaches who've been with me for many years, they are a combination of X-Gen and baby boomers. And so I surround myself with different generations. And then there are my children, Z-Gen. <laughs> my daughter is 16 and my son is 11. And I believe that there is so much hope in the world, so much hope for our future. So I would take a little bit step back and I would say, wait a minute, how can the older generation take more influence from the younger generation? Because they got a whole lot of diversity and a whole lot of inclusion going on, more so than the older generation. But ultimately for me, it's about how many voices can I surround myself with? I know my core. I will always hold on to my core. I will listen to as many voices, but I've chosen them specifically to be in my space. And how many perspectives can I hold 
the more perspectives we can hold, the more we can transcend the illusion that there is a problem. The more we can transcend and ascend to be closer to the sun, to be closer to the solar, to be closer to the solutions. And so the more perspectives I can hold, the faster I grasp onto solutions and the easier life becomes. And then we understand that it's really all an illusion, right? The more perspectives I can hold, the more creative I can be. And so if there was one thing I would say to younger and older generations, it would be there is absolute strength in diversity. Thank you so much, Pauline. Thank you for sharing a bit of your life, your journey, your knowledge. It's, it was amazing. How, how do people find you? My website, www.paulinewin.com.au. That's the best way to find me. You got it all there. Your book, how to reach out to you, everything's there. Yes. Okay, so great. So everybody, please go to her website. It's, it, it was such a joy and a blessing getting to know you, Pauline. Thanks a lot for your time with us. The joy was mine, Maria. The joy was mine. Thank you. I will leave the very final words to you so you can, you know, if you have any final piece of advice for the listeners, the final words is yours. Thank you so much. The final word is mine. <laughs> My final words would be love. Love yourself. Love is key. Love is the key. The more you are motivated by love, the more you are motivated by growth and your own evolution, the more fearless and free your actions will be. Love yourself. And you know what? Your journey of loving yourself and evolving, some people will only love you as long as you fit into their box. Don't be afraid to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love that. Thanks, Pauline. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Future Hacker Life. Path. Future.